Well, the biggest mistake I see is companies that hire great people and then won't let them do their jobs. You hire experience and then you try to tell them what to do. That's the absolute worst thing you can possibly do. You're paying big bucks for highly experienced people and you're not leveraging them properly. Welcome back to another episode of the Growth and Scaling Podcast. I'm your host, Todd Westra, and right now I am bringing to you an amazing woman. Susan, will you please tell us who you are and what do you do? Thanks, Todd. I'm Susan Van Klink, and I am the founder and CEO of Susan Van Klink Coaching and Advisory, and I help executives uh, achieve success in work and in life. Uh, in business and in growing their company. So that's what I do. Most people listening to this show are in that range. You know, they're, they're, they've gone through launch, they're in that scale up mode and they're trying to think, how do I get this thing to go? And, and you have seen this go in both the smaller end, the lower end, uh, lower end, in the sub 5 million categories, as well as jumping in at you know, 10 million and, and going to 150 million, like that's a, that's an exciting spurt right there. Um, what are some highlights along the way? I mean, you, you now help people grow and scale and work with executives to kind of get them in that mindset, get them moving. What do you see as some of the highlights of your journey and how do you translate that into helping these other executives? Oh, there's so many pieces of the equation that you have to get right. Um, you yeah. know, there's, I've learned a lot about product fit and understanding your buyer, making sure that you have a, to whatever extent possible must have technology uh, or must, a must have right. solution. Um, I have a very good mentor who used to say, you want to be selling an aspirin, not a vitamin. And uh, <laughs> I'm a big believer in that. So uh, I love that. <laughs> right. It makes a lot of sense. Right. We can all skip our vitamins. But if we uh, if we have a headache, you know, heaven help us if we don't. Nobody have loves aspirin, to live with pain. Right. Exactly. So, yeah, um, I've also um, I've been a person bringing new technology to market, new ideas to market, new ways to do things to market. So I certainly have seen what it takes to create a market to create an idea of the problem you can help someone solve often something that they don't right. even know um, is a problem for them or that there's a possible right. solution that exists in the market so it's super fun doing that type of work uh might have forgotten your question Todd. i love it well well just just to pick up where you're at i mean the, the thing I love about people like you is that you are the type of person that jumps in and and you have, you know, you're very modest in your in your introduction because what you have done and accomplished in these other ventures is amazing. I mean, and you've been you've been on the forefront of the growth and scaling because you're part of the revenue operations team. You are you're an integral piece of kind of picking up a silo and saying, all right, sales marketing, here's what we need you to do, sales, here we go. And I guess, how do you help other founders, other executives kind of translate what you've experienced into their experience of trying to, to grow and develop their silos? You know, it's an interesting question because the thing I've come to learn is 
at a minimum, it's a triumvirate. And, and sometimes it's a quadrilangual. So I, I haven't said that properly, but let me explain. So wow. I always see, yeah. um, I always see sales, marketing, and product strategy as th- right. three points in a triangle. Now, if you add a fourth point, it's the customer success organization and how you leverage the value of your customer base, both in marketing, right. in sales, but also in you know, sort of uh, revenue generation. And one of the parts of getting to the next level as an organization is having that next solution to sell, having that next product to sell uh, and not being a one trick pony, so to speak. So um, the customer base is an incredibly important part of the equation, but it can be an underlying foundation on top of those three elements. But if you don't have those three elements working together properly, sales, marketing, yeah. and product strategy, um, chances are you will tap out before you get to the, the 10 million mark. You are preaching my gospel. Like, honestly, these are, these are, to me, the foundational points of every business and why they struggle. They don't know how to, how to navigate, how to unify and kind of align those three pieces, right? Yeah, I can remember one company I was at, I spent a year and a half trying to get alignment of those three things. And we just could never get there to have a true go-to-market message that everybody was singing from the same songbook. Now you go back to success factors and to Taleo and what right. made them, you know, uh, such great growth companies is they really had a clear go-to-market message marketing sales and product strategy were aligned um and that was really their the, the their secret sauce was everybody singing from the same uh hymnal if you will it, it i love the analogy and it is so sinking true and what you said about customer success too it really is hard to incorporate a solid customer success model until you've until you've nailed those other three down but i'll say uh, and I've had some amazing people on the podcast who are big customer success advocates. You know, that really can become 30, 40, 50% of your revenue is customer success team upselling your current client base into new products and programs. 100%. I think it's a growth lever that companies have yeah. to start to leverage if they're going to make right. the turn to the next uh, growth pivot, if you will. So, um, and part of it is it. how do you think that way? Because when you're young and scaling, you spend a lot of time building new features and adding them to the product and just give, you know sort of making the product better for your end users. It takes a certain right. perspective to come in and say, okay, now I'm going to create a new SKU and we're going to sell that right. SKU to our existing customer base in addition to, you know, sort of new prospects as a differentiator of the product sure. overall. Sure. And and it's interesting to watch product evolution, right? And and I think this is where a lot of people screw up their business is, is product evolution. There is a recipe, like you have to evolve it based off of what, in your opinion? Uh, vision, right? If I look at right. the the companies that fail, they don't have a strong vision of where the 
product could go overall. And they listen too right. much to their customers. And that so it might sound like a oxymoron or something like the customer is king and all that sort of thing. And you absolutely right. want your customer to drive some of your roadmap, but you have to be building the thing that you know the market's going to want in five years, not just improving right. on the thing that your customer is currently using. And so in my mind, the best, Love if that. I think of the best CEOs that I've worked for, they have had vision. They have known exactly where their product was growing to. Um, and they, they were able to paint that vision for the whole company. And so even though we were working yeah. on things five years back, there was this general feeling of where we were going to that was bigger than just right. the thing we were selling at that moment. And I think that's a big difference between the companies that make it and the companies that don't is the, the bigger vision that they, they can see. Running a business, honestly, can leave a lot of founders and operators feeling lonely and isolated. If you have ever felt that way, trust me, I know what it feels like. And there is something you can do about it. You've heard a lot of our guests talk about the fact that being lonely and isolated is one of their biggest challenges in trying to run and scale their business. CaptainsCouncil.com. Go to CaptainsCouncil.com right now and see what we're doing to resolve this problem. We want you to be a strong operator who has solutions and has a way to get around the challenges you're currently facing. What most founders don't understand is that you're not alone. The challenges that you're facing, likely somebody else has already overcome and they can give you the feedback you need to overcome them. Who better than your peers, other founders, other operators who are joining with you in a small group setting a global community setting, as well as at our in-person events to guide you through these challenges that you're facing right now. Don't give up, keep on pushing, but do it with some good advice from your peers. Go check it out at captainscouncil.com and let me know what you think about the offering. We can't wait to see you there. Well, and you've been part of that uh, in multiple occasions and it is so powerful to hear you say it because, you know, truly, a company that has leadership aligned towards that that vision of where the the founder or the team wants to take it, the clearer that is, and the more aligned they are, it just becomes easier to execute whatever needs to happen to get you all there. Is that right? A hundred percent. I think that you know, if you think about the business model that was Success Factors way back when, we're talking decade plus ago now, um, it was really about aligning, right? The, the company right. to the strategy to deliver success. And Lars, the CEO, had right. a vision of, of increasing worldwide productivity uh, by 50%. I don't think we're anywhere close wow. to that yet. AI might help us get some of the way there. Um, <laughs> But it, right. it doesn't change the fact. If it doesn't kill us all first. <laughs> exactly. If it doesn't take <laughs> over the planet in the meantime. But, right. um, but it, you know, there really is, it's an executive's job. It's a CEO's job. And then ultimately the executive team's job to, to yeah. bring the alignment and make sure that people are all rowing in the same direction in order to, you know, sort of get that both the growth that we're looking for as well as the profitability that we're looking for. Um, I will share, there's many different perspectives on 
what degree of profitability you should have while you're growing. I believe right. in at least being cash flow break even in your, you know, and in investing back into growth. Um, I know right. companies like Success Factors and Lars, they really they they went heavy into growth. Um, it, ahead right. of profitability, there's different formulas. But I do believe that getting the growth comes from alignment, comes from leveraging right. the, the, the capabilities of each of the different teams, but as a cohesive unit, not as siloed, fractional, right. you know, fiefdoms. So it's an important part of 100%. it. 100%. All right. That is very modest. Susan, Susan, help us understand more. How, what qualifies you to do this? What, what have you done in your past to kind of get you to this level where you can help executives kind of scale up to the next level? Well, I've been very fortunate that I've been in HR technology and health benefits, wellness technology my entire career. Uh, I started with Love a it. little known company called uh, RecruitSoft, which went on to become Taleo. I was employee number 40, less than a million in revenue. And over seven years with them nice. grew to 150 million in revenue, uh, public company. Uh, I'd had uh, helped open up Asian markets and European markets. Uh, so big growth, Love uh, really exciting ride with a great group of people. Took a couple of years, got headhunted into a New York based software company called Select Minds, ran sales and strategic services for them for a couple of years. Met my husband, moved back yeah. to Toronto. And then uh, I got in. Now, was he an employee? No, he was a prospect. <laughs> in fact, oh, if, we tell, you, if you we tell you the whole story, I will tell you he was getting in the way of my deal. And the way to resolve that um, <laughs> was to have him recuse himself from the deal due to uh, to personal <laughs> relationships. So there you go. Uh, there's more there than one go. way. Nice move. Nice move. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he became a client and my husband. and. Um, and I moved back to Toronto and I got introduced to success factors and I pretty much picked up with success factors where I left off at Taleo. So 150 million in revenue to half a billion in revenue over four years. Uh, but I had a product wow. portfolio within that that grew from about 10 million in revenue to 150 million in revenue during those four years. So great rides, great companies, great experiences. I love it. I've also done the lower end. So I've run companies that are, you know, uh, trying to get to the three to five million mark. Um, right. And I've also been involved in some Series B uh, companies as well, helping them to get to the next level. Cool. So that's my background. When I work with companies that are kind of outgrowing their founder, I guess we could say, um, which a lot of people listening to this podcast are, they're, they're kind of trying to outgrow the reach of having the founder's fingers everywhere in every pot. And that transition is hard, but, but what are some key things that you've been able to see or even implement that help them pull back a little bit and keep the momentum moving forward with people that are maybe even smarter than them in these respective silos? Well, the biggest mistake I see is companies that hire great people and then won't let them do their jobs. 
right? So you hire experience <laughs> yeah. and then you try right. to tell them what to do. That's the absolute worst thing right. you can possibly do. It's the worst of all it's worlds. Horrible. You're paying big bucks for highly experienced people and, you, and you're not leveraging them properly. So the number one thing I would say yep. is if you're going to hire executive level talent, let those executives do their jobs. Your job then is to be the conductor right. of the orchestra, not to play every totally. piece in the orchestra. The second, I came across a CEO who's, you know, built a company over 20 years, no previous experience in doing that. Very successful company that just yeah. raised a couple of hundred million dollars and made a major acquisition. He has a coach. Cool. He has an executive coach. That has oh, helped him love it. to grow into the role that he was never qualified for because he never had the experience. So yes, you can go out and you can hire a, a CEO who has the experience and can help you take your company to the right. next level, or you can invest in yourself to become the CEO that you want to be. But you can't just Thank wing you. it, <laughs> quite frankly, in my opinion. No, Thank you for sharing that because honestly, I think most of, uh, you know, the, the common word I hear from most founders is lonely. It is so lonely. It really is. It, and there's a burden that founders carry that they don't recognize is weighing heavily on them until uh, so at some point they do. And they say, holy crap, I'm feeding a hundred families right now. I, every decision I make affects all these families. How do I help maintain status quo or growth so I can keep feeding more people? You know what I mean? Well, and I just wrote a post How do you... on this, which is the the yeah. the worst thing that can possibly happen is for an executive to uh, have a scarcity mindset. This idea of like, there's oh, not yeah. enough coming in, there's not enough revenue coming in, there's too much going out. Um, and really right. start to make bad decisions as a result of yeah. this fear that sets in about all these mouths that we're feeding and how many people are relying yeah. on us. And so it's really important to have strong people in support of you when you're going through tougher right. times, because if you've never been through it before, it is, you know, anxiety creating it is painful it is lonely and quite frankly you're going to make make bad decisions if you can't get yeah. that scarcity mindset under control and so you know well your your advice to have a coach and someone or a peer or a mentor or someone around you is such a huge huge value that i think a lot of people underestimate when you're lonely at the top. I would agree, Todd. And the other thing that I've seen is, you know, you can't rely on your investors or your board to be that for you. Um, they play a no, different role. They're they're not your coach. Yeah. They can provide expertise no. and guidance based on what they've seen before, but they have a different motivation and they, you know, they're they, they quite frankly, they may push you in the wrong direction um, for their own reasons and their own purposes. And the right. best CEOs I've seen, they take the money and they run their own place and they don't let it. the pressure of the board and the investors drive them to do short-term focused things that have a long-term negative impact on their, on their business. And I, and I feel like, 
a lot of the time, not all the time, but a lot of the time, raising outside capital does tend to bring in a lot of new ideas about where the direction should be. And and most of the time, it's for a selfish reason for the investor, right? Like they want you to provide some product or service that one of their other ventures needs. <laughs> there is no doubt that investors are investing for a reason. They're investing for a return. <laughs> right. And they right. don't always know how best to get that return for your business. They don't know your business right. like you know your business. And that's why relying right. on them to guide you is, is not necessarily a winning strategy completely. I love it. Well, Sue, now that you're in the position you're in as a, as a business founder, as someone who's trying to grow her business, is there someone you lean on for support? Is there a mentor that you go to that, that kind of helps keep you going the direction you wished you were going when you started? You know, I've been blessed with mentors in my career. I really have. I think of, um, I think of a couple of people at Taleo that helped me become the technology executive that I became. Uh, and I think of someone I call up you know, on and off through the years as I consider what my next move is going to be, um, who was right. my last boss at Success Factors, um, Jay Larson. And, you know, every time I called him for a piece of advice, I, when I call him for a piece of advice, he cuts right through yeah. as he did when I reported to him. And he, <laughs> you know, gives me great things to think about. In fact, God, he is the mentor who told me that when you are bringing a product to market, you want that product to be an aspirin and not a vitamin. And that has, has stayed with me it. ever since. And so I'm going to remember that. I, I'm going to remember that because honestly, it speaks so true to all marketing. Uh, if people don't know what pain you're solving, why are they going to buy? They, they don't need more vitamins. And they <laughs> will run away from pain more than they will run yeah. to the vision of a better future. And so having both in your Agreed. arsenal is the best, absolute best go-to-market strategy you can have. I love it. I love it. Wow. Well, I appreciate, I appreciate the shout out. I appreciate the, uh, the, the wonderful insights you brought to the show. Where do people get a hold of you? Where do they follow you? I know you've got a, an amazing personal brand going on right now. But how, where are you hanging out? You on LinkedIn quite I, a bit? Or? I'm mostly on LinkedIn. Uh, so you can certainly awesome. follow me on LinkedIn. I do have my own website, susanvanklink.com, um, which you can participate cool. in. And I also have my own podcast, which is the Susan Squared podcast. Oh. And it's a little bit uh, different. It's about navigating life shifts and consciously creating the change that you want to see in your life. So it's a little more geared towards the people who are trying to make a big change in their life or as I have had, had big change forced on them and then are trying to, yeah. you know, sort of navigate their way through it. So those are the three ways that you can reach it. me. Woo. Well, we'll put all those in the comments below in the show notes. And for those listening, share comments, questions down below. Susan's going to be watching. She's going to be looking out for you. So thanks you so much for participating with us today, Susan. We are so grateful for you, for your stories, for your advice. And we look forward to seeing you again in the future. That's super. Thank you so much, Todd. It's a pleasure. Well, what did you think of that episode? I mean, Sue is just a sweetheart of a person. And I got to believe that when she gets in growth mode inside of a company, 
she just tears it apart and helps it put together the right pieces, align the right people to where they need to go. If you're having a hard time aligning and you really need help focusing your team on the right stuff, you have got to get a coach, get into a peer network group, um, have a peer board group, which is what we are creating. Uh, you have got to get involved with this stuff. Details are coming. But as you listen to this episode, think about the things that you need to do so that you're not just trying to figure it all out on your own. It's not fair to you. It's not fair to your team. It's not fair to anybody. Your clients want you as a leader in your organization to figure things out, solve the problems, make sure your fulfillment is smooth and streamlined. That's all your clients want. And if you can do that, you're gonna to continue to grow. That hockey stick's just gonna keep going up and you're gonna increase revenue and have an amazing little business. Thank you so much for being here. We appreciate all your support. This channel means so much to me. My audience means so much to me. As I've been able to meet more and more of you in public and in other places, business meetings and things like that, I have grown to just appreciate that we are all in this journey together. We need each other. We need to help each other through this growth and growth and scaling phase. Everybody in the world is talking about launch. We're not. We're talking about what to do after launch. How do you take your business to that next level? And these are the ways to do it. Listen to these episodes, talk to the people involved, get involved in our community so you can meet other founders dealing with the same challenges you are. And we cannot wait to see you on the next episode of the Growth and Scaling Podcast. Thanks so much for being here.